2: Thriving Again in 2010 is our theme for the year. Loving Again in 2010 is what we're working on right now. And I am joined by, of course, Mr. Benny Mathers. He's pushing all the right buttons. Good day, Mr. B. Hey, how are you doing there, Dr. Pat? I am so... I've got to tell you, I'm completely jazzed about today's show. You are. Uh, I am, too. I know. It's incredible. And what I love about my guest, Benny, is... I got to read her book. I actually read her book a couple of times. And and what I love about this is the principles that my guest today talks about when it comes to raising kids is by far uh, a Bible for most people out there. And I'm talking about Rose Rock. She's joining us here today child advocate, educator, and mother of 10-plus children, including comedian Chris Rock. We're going to be sharing her stories, what her philosophy and practice is on parenting, and what made her life's journey stand out. Why is she writing the book? Mama Rocks Rules, 10 Lessons for Raising a Household of Successful Children. Yeah, not just a household of children, a household of successful children. And she's joining us here today. She's on a mission. She's on a journey. She's um, a mother to 10 children, 17 foster children, and somebody that understands what it's like to teach children, to help children, to coach children, and to be a loving mother you know she's a very much sought after speaker she founded rock this 619 non-profit for youth and empowerment organization and she hosts a weekly radio program which we'll hear about but she's here today because we are absolutely benny are you ready to kick it up with us benny
1: man i am so ready for this one
2: i am too i'm just wondering a little bit here um if you and I are going to get a little schooling,
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> I think you and I could stand a little schooling. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I, I might remain sitting for the rest of the, the whole entire show, though. I don't exactly. know if I want to stand. I might get caught off guard and get a little bit of whooping
3: up in here.
2: Exactly. Rose, thank you for joining us. Welcome oh, to the show today. <laughs> I was just listening to that introduction. I was like, who are they talking about? <laughs> I... I I I know it's it's kind of surreal sometimes Isn't because you it? know I was telling you I, I bet say, your primary I'm function Yeah, well, you know, that's just it. You're just a mother, but you know, you're not just a mother. Because I think that when you come out, you write a book and you you're able to demonstrate sort of what you've been able to do with your children, it's a message for women out there today to know that they can have the same response, correct?
4: Oh, yeah, that's the whole purpose of the book. That's so, really it.
2: So tell us about your journey because, you know, I, you and I can go back and ask a bunch of questions, but I really want to know, you know, what is it about you, Rose, that helped you craft your life, you know, that put you in this place where, you, you know, 10 children, 17 foster children,
4: what was calling to you? Well, you know, I do have a belief that each one of us, everyone when we're born, we have some innate gift that we're supposed to cultivate. And I've always had a love of children, all of my life. The first child that I ever brought home, I was 11 years old. And um, and it's just been a thing since then.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I that I love talking to you about is, you know, and I've said this on the show, my mom had her first child at 12 years old and her second child at uh at 13. Oh my goodness. And I know. Uh, you know, she as I said to you earlier, she was from the south and there are some things that you can't possibly understand and learn at that age. But what she said to me one day, and I want to ask you about it is, she said to me, it didn't matter whether I was 12 or 13 or 30 or 40, there are some things that your mama just don't tell you. And I I wanted to ask you, what was it like being able to raise this family, and what did you
4: have to learn along the way? What, what was it your mama didn't tell you? Oh, my God. It was so many things my mom <laughs> didn't prepare me for. And it was like you learn as you go. But, you know, a lot of it was just using common sense um, and just knowing that my first commitment had to be to my children. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing that at first I wasn't sure about, but I realized as I got into it that no matter what, the children had to come first. That's a hard lesson for some parents. Yeah, it is. It is. What was it about
2: your own childhood, you know, that helped you become the woman you are today?
4: You know, I think, and I say this, I won the parent lotto. I had the best two parents in the world, and I Uh also had a strong grandmother that was there. Because, see, growing up in the South, you didn't put your grandmothers in nursing homes. Nope and you didn't put your sick aunt somewhere, everybody kind of clung together. Also, I had strong women in my neighborhood who, if I wasn't doing what was right, would turn me around and and always kind of encouraged me. And that's what our young people don't have today. They don't have that, you know, those people just tell you, you know, you're you're a great kid. You can make it. You can do this. We don't do that to our children anymore. We only do it to our in-house children. We don't do it outside the home.
2: One of the things that you start out in the book saying, Rose, is you say right out in the first chapter, and I think this is a major dilemma today for women uh, raising children. You say, I am your mama, not your
4: friend. Boy, that is a tough one. You know, and everybody when I speak want me to talk about that chapter. Because I know you've been in the mall and you've seen people arguing with their children and the children, you know, talking to them like they're girlfriends. Oh, you know. And it's really hard to be a disciplinarian when you're a friend. So my thing is I have my own friends. My children have their friends. I am your mother. In my house, it was three rules. I'm the parent. I make the rules. Number two, you're the child, you follow the rules. Number three, if you have any problems, go back to number one, because that's where it stops. It (laughs) stops with me. One of the things that so many women are
2: faced today um, really mirror what you've just said. You know, we're disconnected from our grandparents. You know, we're disconnected from the idea that there is respect to be had in the relationship. What was it that you were able to demonstrate to your
4: kids around respect? You know, one of the things is, and I spoke of this yesterday with people, with some parents, is that they want respect from their children, but they don't give their children respect. Uh, when you do something, uh, you should be able to go to your children and say, listen, you know what I said yesterday? I found out I was wrong, so I apologize. We feel, as, as adults, we don't have to do that with children. The other thing is, we have so many single parents now. So yeah. the children are bombarded with different um males around them. And in my home by having that strong father and the one thing my husband said and I, it stuck with me, you know, and I used a lot of his words today. He said the best way to love my children is to love and respect their mother. And I just think that when children get to See that, and they really need to see it. it makes a difference in how they you know how they um develop
2: when you were
4: raising your your
2: children, I get the sense that they got and they knew you were on their team, even though that you know they were they were clear who the boss was going to be, but you know they knew that they could count on you. How important
4: is that that is so important and and i it's a little story that Tony tells in the book don't ever make a promise to a child and break it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how small the promise is because they depend on what you say. That you're, You know, whatever comes out of your mouth, you should try to do it. And if you find out you can't, you go to them ahead of time so they're not disappointed. And a lot of us, we don't do that. Um, it's important for them to know that even though you discipline them, and I was a spanker, so I'm going to be upfront about that, But I would much rather spank a child and sit them in the corner for five minutes and then go back and get them and say, okay, your five minutes is over, let's go make some popcorn, than to tell a child, you're so stupid. I'm sorry you were ever born. I Uh, hear that every day. uh, And words, I don't know who made up this saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Words hurt worse. I agree with you. Spanking or anything you can ever get, because words don't go 100%, away. 100%. I
1: agree with you. Yes. I, 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 tough love. I'm all about tough love, too. My parents did the exact same thing, and exactly. I learned very quickly not to do stupid stuff.
4: Right. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. when And when you're consistent, Yep. you've got to be consistent. And when you have structure, you don't have a need for a lot of discipline. If your child knows that when I walk in the house at 3 o'clock... Mommy's not going to be there until 3.30, but I'm allowed to go in the fridge and get my snack, and I sit at the counter and I start my homework. No one is allowed in the house. I'm not allowed on the phone. They know this already. So every day they come in and they do what's expected. Yep. Exactly. Let's take a short break. For
2: every one of you out there that are listening to the show or just tuning in, uh, Rose Rock is joining us here today, Mama Mama Rocks Rules. And we've got lots to talk about, including her comedian son Chris Rock. But you know what? He wasn't the only one in this family. When we come back, we'll be talking about what it means to tell the truth and what your role as a parent is. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show.
5: And the sun down. Are you tired of just surviving? Would you like to learn how to thrive? Make 2010 the start of a whole new you. Take charge by enrolling in your own personal boot camp offered by Sharon Roy of Raising Grace Coaching. In just 28 days, you will learn how to rise above your emotions and follow your heart to a life of peace, joy, and purpose. You will tap the power of your own imagination and higher wisdom to create emotional breakthrough strategies that work for you. Start thriving today. Visit RaisingGrace.com or call 401-588-1799. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life.
6: So how many times have you said, I need to quit smoking? How many times have you tried to quit smoking only to fail? How many times a day are you smoking and wishing you weren't? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help you to become smoke-free for life. Take on the habits of a non-smoker, not an ex-smoker. Our clients tell us they simply lose the desire for the cigarette, become stress-free and relaxed, lose or maintain weight at the same time, and effortlessly take back control. Andy Castle quit his 15-year smoking habit and has been smoke-free for over a year. Jane Penrod quit smoking after smoking three packs a day for 50 years. Yes, it works. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157.
1: Think about it. When was the last time you were flabbergasted? Well, that's what I was, the first time I cleaned with this cloth named e-cloth. On the front of the e-cloth package, it claimed perfect cleaning with just water and chemical-free cleaning that's awesome on all hard surfaces. I was pretty skeptical but gave it a try anyway. I started on my kitchen windows, then stovetop, then stove with granite counters, and finally the refrigerator. I was totally flabbergasted on how well we cleaned. These results were accomplished without exposing my family to unknown negatives of household chemicals. Cleaners. The cleaning power comes from fiber function, not a chemical reaction. It cleans better and is healthier, money-saving, and eco-friendly. No chemicals, no paper towels, and e-cloths are reused for years. As a Dr. Pat listener, you'll get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to ecloth.com, and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat, D-R-P-A-T. That's ecloth.com. Ecloths are for real. See for yourself. I know you'll never go back to cleaning any other way.
3: It's across the hill and the town lit up The world gets still
1: a little flying God's wings Coming to-
2: Welcome everyone welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show for more information about us Let's go to the website, drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. I am so jazzed. Denny and I have been jumping up and down all week long because Rose Rock is joining us here today. Her book is, as far as I'm concerned, this is refreshing. It's time to get back to some basics. Her book is Mama's Mama Rock's Rules, 10 Lessons for Raising a Household of Successful Children. We're going to talk about truth. We're going to talk about words and much more because there's lots in this book. Rose, thanks for joining us here today. You were kind of talking before we went to break about the power of words. And I agree with you. I don't know who came up with the whole sticks and stones things, but words can crush a spirit. Oh, yeah. You know, what have you found about words and language and, you know, things like even naming our children, that's so important. Well, you know,
4: the thing with words is Sometimes people say things to children, and mm. they're angry, but they have no idea that this child takes this in and holds it for reference. It, You know, whenever something bad happens, they start thinking, well, my mom says I'm nothing, or my mom says I'm stupid. And if your mother says that, then it must be true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a really, it's really not a thing to do. Not even in joking. Not even in joking. No. Not even in joking. And I would
2: imagine that with, you know, 10 plus children, it's not only about you, but how was it you were able to manage your children so that they didn't do that to each other? You and I, I'm sure, have heard stories about
4: children and how brutal they can be to each other, especially around words. But you know what? One of the things in our house is that um, I made older children responsible for the next one and this group responsible for this group. And somehow being responsible and being the one that had to kind of train this child made them feel important. And also because we never allowed certain words in our home. Like we, we were never allowed. No one in our home could say they can't. Can't was a word we didn't use. Mm -hmm. Words like stupid. We never, those were bad words. Those were the bad words. So anything that hurt each other or made someone feel bad, we weren't allowed to do. And if you did it, I think it's the chapter, wipe your mouth out before you come into my house. If you said something bad to to each other, you had to take tissue and wipe that out, throw it in the trash, therefore throwing away that word and that thought because it was not allowed inside 619 Decatur.
2: Mm. You know, one of the things also you talk about is you talk about being successful and what it really means to do that. And let's kind of fast forward to where we are right now with our pop culture today, the busyness of schedules, everybody's working, so forth and so on. What do you think are the major obstacles for parents today And what do they need to do to move beyond them?
4: You know what? We've all gotten so busy trying to buy things. Yeah. It's all about things. It's all about having the right car, the right this, the right whatever, but at what cost? You know, what are you giving up in order to have this image? Because the first thing is never, ever miss your child's recital, never miss a play at school. I don't care if they have one line. And if that means calling in and saying, I'm going to be a few minutes late or whatever, because when you do this, you really elevate your child. I mean, you make this child so proud that you were there, so they're going to strive to do better. But when kids know that no matter what I do, no one is coming, um, my mom is too busy, whatever, that really is a draining effect on a child. And one of the things I talk about with the people that work so much is that you have to find time, find that dinner time. You don't have to make the dinner, but you need to sit down together and eat it. You can have pizza, but have everybody sitting at the table at the same time. In my house, I always said I don't run a short order kitchen. So that meant at 6.30, we're sitting down to dinner. Everybody had a role in getting ready for dinner. Someone folded the napkin. Someone poured the tea. Someone did whatever. But at 6.30, we sat down together.
2: You're lucky if people even sit down. I mean, what's going on? You have a lot of people standing up in the kitchen trying to eat their stuff. I
4: hate that. I know. I hate that. You know, when Chris was big enough that he had a job, and that was the thing in our household that at thirteen you had to go to work, you had to have a job. If you couldn't find one, Daddy and I would help you find one, even if it's in the neighborhood. But that is something that's lost too. But that's a whole nother book. But when he was, you know, out working at dinner time, then when he came in and it was dinner time for him, one of us sat with him. Even if I just had a cup of coffee or whatever, I sat with him to find out what his day was like, what was going on. Is it anything you want to talk about? And it's really true. Feed them and they will tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> it really is true,
2: too, it's isn't true. it? It's true. It's true. <laughs>
4: they relax when the stomach is full. You hear all kinds of stuff.
2: And don't you think, though, part of that is that actually what you're just, well, you know, what you're bringing up right now, Rose, is is really a lost art. Mm-hmm. Because I remember my mom, and we would come home, and you could smell the cornbread. Our ritual was mm. hot cornbread in in a glass of milk. I mean, oh, this is the ritual. God. This Where is are it.
4: That is my thing.
2: We're from, I told you, my stepmom, you know, is we're from the south. What and part so the south? well she was from south carolina i'm from south and, carolina exactly and then and then victoria virginia with her grandparents oh but th- but think about this nobody every time i mention this and i actually served this in a potluck one day think about it cornbread this hot cornbread with butter in a glass of milk and i felt so loved oh yes yeah. oh yes yeah. I, I mean i felt so loved and so this is another way that you're bringing up where children really feel
4: loved, but they don't feel
2: invisible anymore either.
4: Yeah, I mean, and this little thing, this little thing, in the chapter, no child really wants to be left alone. That's I right. Talk, I talk about this thing that happens now all over this country, which I think is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if parents just drive their kids to the mall and drop them off. And the kids just mill around the mall or around the food court all afternoon or whatever. With no, no plans. This is just where they hang out. And I'm like, yeah. why are they hanging out? Why can't they hang out at someone's house with some board games or a ping pong table? But all of that stuff is lost. We don't do that.
2: But right. don't you think it's about? It's less about the kids and more about the parents. Oh, I mean, it's about having my space, so I get rid of you. Yeah. that's
4: really what it's about.
2: That's really we used what to, it's about. We used to get dropped off at the movies on Saturday, um, you know, for a couple of hours, and that yeah. was time for my parents to be alone. Yeah, but that was would it. never. A couple of hours.
4: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we would never get left in a mall. Are you kidding? Isn't that something? But one of the things that I talk about is that. Even these kids that get dropped at the mall in the afternoon, at 8.30, 9 o'clock, you'll see their cell phones ring. And you'll see the kids that parents are picking them up or there is time for them to come. They're getting ready to leave the mall. So there's always that group that no one calls for. So they get loud and they start teasing the ones that have to go home. But when everybody is gone, look at the faces. Of those kids who are left behind,
2: mm-hmm.
4: because no one cared enough to call and say, "I want you home now." No one cared enough to come by and pick them up, and they're just left to their own devices, and I mean, and they long for that call, and that parent that says, "You know what you've been out long enough. I want you in the safety mm-hmm. of our home now." so no so do child he, wants what to do be you left think
2: about?" Texting. I mean, let's talk about texting a minute because, and cell phones. I mean, do you have, is there a mama rock rule for cell phones Ooh, and texting? They're going to hate me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Benny, put away your cell phone. Oh my God. Why? I just, that's all I want to know is why. I don't know.
2: Why? Well, you and I you and I, could talk about that when we come back from break because there really is a reason. I mean, and, and if you and I were to think about this for a minute, Rose, think about it. You know, if we're dropping our kids off, if we're not really spending town time around the dinner table and chatting with them, if, you know, if we're not really connecting with them, then why wouldn't kids want to connect with each other in a True. way that at True. least gives them a connection? True. Okay.
4: Yeah. All right. I'll, I mean, how would that? You know,
2: and I, and I talked to a group of youth to ask that question. You know, why t- texting? Why cell phone? And you know, basically, after they just told me how old school I was, then we went into a conversation. But when we come back from break, Rose, we're going to talk about this idea of connecting and what what role did reading play in your raising your children? And is reading a lost? Art right now. Let's take a short break on the Dr. Pat Show. I'm so thrilled to have Rose Rock joining us here today. Mama Rock's Rules: Ten Lessons for Raising a Houseful of Successful Children. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the things that are pretty old school. But if you want to raise successful children, you better got to make them new. We'll be right back with the show. Put it
3: on the show.
5: do your emotions stop you from experiencing lasting prosperity and joy? Learn to rise above your emotional ceiling with expert guidance from certified life coach Sharon Roy. Sharon's techniques have helped clients worldwide to succeed happily, and now she wants to share this gift with you. For a limited time, Sharon is offering a free 45-minute emotional breakthrough session that could change your life. Call 401 588 1799 That's 401 588 1799 or visit succeedhappily.com to claim your free session. That's succeedhappily.com.
0: Have you ever wanted more for yourself or your family? Are you prepared to take your life to the next level? Have you ever had that feeling or heard that little voice telling you that you can be so much more? Let empowerment psychic Linda Dickinson help you to embrace your own power. Visit Linda at InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096 for your private session and start living your life to the max. Be sure to listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show and call in to connect with your guides. Bella Spark Productions is proud to announce the third annual Extraordinary People Lecture Series in Seattle. Join us for three extraordinary men and one amazing lady. Presenting Shirley MacLaine in a rare public appearance. Shirley, still feisty and fabulous after all these years. Joe Dispenza, the most recognized visionary in the hit movie, What the Bleep. Reverend Carlton Pearson, the fundamental, evangelical, Pentecostal bishop who said to hell with hell. Robert Holden, Britain's Get Happy Guru with a feel-good philosophy that will make your heart smile. Three men and a lady. Go to Bellaspark.com for dates and information. That's B-E-L-L-A-Spark.com. Buy series tickets for the men and get $10 off the lady. Don't miss Shirley MacLaine and three extraordinary men. Visit bellaspark.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, I want to make sure that you know uh, Rose's book is available everywhere, Mama Rocks Rules. Uh, and there are so many things in here that once you read them, you'll probably be scratching your head and saying, wow, why aren't we doing this in our family? Rose, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Uh, is there a website that people can go to to find out more about what you're up to? You know i have I never thought I needed a web web page until recently, so my son is in the process. I think by the end of March we will have one up and running. okay, well, once you get it up,
2: send us the information and we'll post it to our website as well. Oh, thank you, I definitely will. Well, let's talk about some old school ideas that really need to be carried forward. I mean, one of the things that I mentioned before the break is reading um, you know this idea of of reading and how important it is and you know let's talk about that in the context of the electronic and digital age, because there are kids that are texting. They do feel like they're connecting to each other. This is now the digital virtual community for them. But whatever happened to reading,
4: where did that sort of get left behind? You know, what I'm afraid of, especially with texting, is that children forget how to spell because they abbreviate everything. But as far as reading is concerned, we have been on the down with that for a long mm-hmm. time. Children have stopped, um, you know, just being interested. When Harry Potter came out, of course, there was an upsurge because it was so popular and everybody wanted to read. But what scares me and what I don't like is that we have graduating seniors that are reading on a fourth and fifth grade level. And I don't know how we let that happen. hmm I, I really don't understand, you know, what has happened there. Now, in uh, the book, there's a chapter, Reading is Righteous, and I, you know, I speak about how I feel, and this is not a black-white thing, but for me, it is a black thing. Mm-hmm. I get really, really, really angry when I meet black people and black young people, like in their 20s or whatever, that can't read, that can't mm-hmm. read well enough to fill out a job application, because I feel that every black person should be a voracious reader, just by virtue of the fact that what a hundred years ago, and sometimes less, because when it comes down to the South and trying to vote, um, black people were not supposed were not allowed to read. We're right. Not, we weren't allowed in the libraries, even when I was a child.
0: Didn't
2: mm-hmm.
4: go to public library. And the fact that now we have all of this literature and all of these things at hand and we don't take advantage of it, it's like a slap in the face to everybody that marched, to everybody that died. And that's we, just my view. Well,
2: and, and and honestly, we can't even blame it on, you know, the digital age. No, because
4: we can't now blame that. Can, no. We can't blame that on the digital age.
3: We no. We can
2: just
4: blame that on people dropping the ball. Do you think that, you, you know, because, and
2: again, you know, these are the conversations that, you know, parents have with their children, you know, sometimes, do, do you think that communicating ha- is getting to be a lost art? And, you know, the reason I bring that up is, I mean, reading is part of building your family community, but then there's the actual dialogue. There's a right. conversation you have with your children. And my question, I guess, is have have we as adults become, quote, unschooled around what gut communication, honest
4: communication is. You know, I don't know if we have totally lost it, but we, our young people are losing it mm-hmm. because they text everyone and they stay on the cell phones so they don't have to connect. And now you see that when they come home in the afternoons, they go straight in their rooms and they get on their computers or, or, or a video game so they're not outside. Talking to anyone. They're, everything is all digital and everything is technology. It's not person to person. And that's frightening because they won't know, you know, when it's time to socialize for a job or whatever, they don't have those skills because they are not building them. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, let's talk about this idea of community, because this is really related. You know, there are some communities that are being built, and I really believe that. We have never before in the history of our existence found more interesting ways to get together as a society, whether it is, I mean, just, you know, think about how everyone pretty much has come to the table for Haiti. I mean, we're connected digitally. Mm -hmm. Yet, at the same time, I don't know about you, but we don't really have the neighborhood events going on where we truly do connect with each other. So here's my question, Rose. If the parents aren't connecting with parents, how can children be expected to learn how to do that? You know, that is.
4: this is truly what has happened because I don't know if you remember, but I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. that when we were growing, especially in the South, your parents visited their neighbors. Yep, And we were most often brought along with them. And the children went one side to play because it wasn't like today when children could interact in adult conversations. Children stayed in, as they said, a children's place. So the children had a chance to socialize and play while the parents talked. Now we don't do that. Yeah. We don't do that. And one of the things I talk about, too, when I speak is that We have nicer homes than we've ever had, but we don't have neighbors in on Friday night for dinner. We have older people that sit in their homes and they say, I'm so lonesome and nobody comes to visit, but there are children that go home past their house every day to an empty house, but they would never think to open the door and tell the parent, you know, the two hours before you come home, it's okay if they come over and talk to me or whatever. And can you imagine how much those children would learn from these older people just interacting for an hour or two hours in the afternoon? Well, think
2: about it. What did we learn from our grandparents?
4: Oh, I mean, I'm telling you. Oh, they don't have those opportunities today, and they don't make them. It's really sad when we think
2: about it. I mean, you know, there's so much that can be offered to children today that actually, Rose, we're not talking about offering things that cost money. Oh,
4: not at all. Not at all. There are so many neighborhood things that could be going on. Um, I live in the South. This is the Bible Belt. And all the churches are locked. (laughs) And I'm like, I lived in New York, and you can walk into a church 24-7.
2: Get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that. I yeah, don't get I don't that. Get I, I have the same problem where I live right now as
4: well. Yeah, I don't, I don't get I it. don't get that. And they build these churches, and they have all mm. these nice rooms and whatnot, and they're all just there empty. And I'm thinking, what better place for the children whose parents are working or whatnot to be than in your sanctuary on an afternoon? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people who are retired are are talking about how lonely they are, could be here reading or teaching the young girls how to hem a skirt or how to do, you know, things that's lost that we don't do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, part of what you're doing is you're really taking this message out there. And honestly, the kinds of things you and I are talking about, and I can remember back, uh, you know, with my with my parents, is these things really do not take a lot of time. Do not take but I time. guess the question comes up. You know, is it is it less about time, Rose, and more about priorities, so to
7: speak?
4: You know, it's all about priorities. It's all about priorities because, you know, I raised um, 10 kids, yep. the kids in and out of my house. Yep. And the way you manage your time is you you see what needs to be done and you make time and you prioritize. What you're going to do, well, you know, this has to be done on Thursday. This really has to be done. So we're going to push this here. But it's all about priorities. Children have to matter to you. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: They really have to matter. And it doesn't matter if they're your children, all children, really. I mean, that's where the village comes in. Exactly. We've so Mm -hmm. gotten away from that. Exactly. That's how the village, you know, why the village was so important because, The village meant that children always had adults that were around to kind of see to them and to kind of look out and to care, to really care, and that's gone.
2: Well, you know, part of this is also about being able to be on our kids' team as well, and this is what I I talked to you earlier about. Um, Right now there are even movies made about how competitive young kids are in sports and athletics. And how difficult it is for parents to deal with
4: failure, but why? Because you know I don't what, know one of And again, back to the book. and Chris said this, and I, I wasn't even aware that they were aware, but Chris said, "In my house, we were allowed to fail, and mm-hmm. if we failed, we had a safe place and a soft place to come." And he said, "But we weren't allowed to ever stay down." Like failure was supposed to be our motivation to get up and do better.
2: And that's really what you talk about in the book. You know, you really cover this beautifully when you talk about failure should be the ultimate motivator. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Rose Rock about those top conversations. And what about S-E-X? How do you have that conversation with kids? (laughs) Mama Rock's Rules right here, 10 Lessons for Raising a Household of Successful Children. One of them is Chris Rock, who wrote the foreword to this book. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
1: At 17, we fell in.
5: begins
3: now is the time for you to create the life you want to live tap into unlimited possibilities and be the masterpiece you're meant to be Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, your personal growth expert and co-host of the Breakthrough Interview Series. Step into your full greatness on the Dr. Pat Show. With the eye of an artist, the heart of a poet, and the brilliance of a scientist, I'll show you how to dig up the road, pave the road, walk the road, and be the road to your full greatness. I'll tell you what the secret didn't tell you, which myths hold you back, and what hidden talents and skills you need to thrive in these challenging times. I'll have you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to get to where you really want to be, and I'm here to help you get there. Listen to Step Into Your Full Greatness on The Dr. Pat Show and go to MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com.
5: Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Let Aqua Mantra's I Am Loved Premium Natural Spring Water help you find the love within yourself. Say the words, I am loved, with every conscious sip because the quality of your thoughts creates the quality of your life. Pick up a case of Aquamantra's award-winning premium natural spring water that flows from the abundant streams of Mount Palomar, California, now in our brand-new biodegradable and recyclable bottles, on sale at aquamantra.com forward slash I Am Loved. And know you are loved.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. We've got Mama Rock in the house, Rose Rock. The book we're referring to and the the message that she's carrying across the country is um, what is it that we need to know to raise a household of successful children? Mama Rocks Rules is the book that she has put out. It is loaded with things that all of us can take a look at and implement today. Rose, thank you again for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So I saved, the, you know, the conversation about sex for kind of the last segment of this, and the reason that I saved it for last is really twofold. One, there's this element of truth-telling that that comes up with this part of children raising. Um, the other part of this is how do we have a meaningful conversation? So how often do we start out telling our kids or have told our kids the stalk the stock brought you. Um, And then there are things that parents don't want to talk about and are pretty much turning it over to the school system. What did you do with your children, including Chris?
4: You know, one of the things I decided, because of the way I was brought up, I was told nothing. I was told absolutely nothing. You know, I just grew up talking to girlfriends or whatever and really frightened because I didn't know. And the little bit I knew was so not truth or not real that I didn't have I just I didn't have any concept of of what things really were. And my thing was I would never ever ever do that to my children. And raising boys, I decided early on that I was going to be honest with them, but I also wanted to teach them because most of people think that you teach young girls like um to be celibate or to be responsible or whatever and that boys are just allowed to go out and sow their wild oats and my thing was I didn't want my boys to do that I really didn't want my boys to do that and one of the things Chris always talks about he says the thing my mother is most proud of is she has five grown sons and we don't have any Baby mamas. I hate that word. Oh, my Uh God, I hate that word. Uh I mean, I have two married sons, and we have grandchildren, but we don't have any babies thrown around. Yep. But it's important to teach your kids and to let them understand that sex is ordained by God. It's beautiful. It's not an exercise. It's not to be taken lightly. Because, you know, it's not running a marathon. It's really something to to just, um, I don't even have a word, to just really, uh, to, to to have glory in, I guess. Exactly. I guess that's the word because, you know, my youngest son said something to me. He just turned, um, well, he just turned 19 on the 10th. Matter of fact, I was about to make him a year younger. But we were talking one day, and I'm always open and I always listen, and I'm telling you, I hear things that make my ears burn. They ask me questions, and I have to walk out of the room to get myself together and come back and answer them. But Jordan said to me that his friends, because he's an up and coming comedian, so they think that because he lives in New York and he goes to all, you know, he does all these shows, that girls are just throwing their panties at him and whatnot, which they may be doing. But he said to me, Mommy, I never wanted to be that kind of guy that did that. He says, I like intimacy. And I almost fell out of my chair. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, he got it. He listened. Sex is the most personal thing you can do, so why in the world would you want to do it with any and everybody? I mean, well, and, what you
2: talk about in the book, and I love this, I love this, the, this particular part of the book where you talk ah, about, the, you know, be
4: a full course meal, not a sexy snack. Yeah, you're not, that's what I told my daughter. I said, you are not a snack. I said, you are not a snack. You are a full course meal. And unless this man is ready to step up and get the whole meal, let him step on. And how did your daughter, how did your daughter respond to that, Rose? You know that, um, oh, God, she doesn't like me telling stories about Uh, her. But I'm going to tell you this. My daughter's 24 years old, Mm -hmm. and she liked a young man that we all like. matter of fact, his parents were praying more than me that they would get together, which they didn't. They went their separate ways. But at one point, he was away at school, and she was away at school, and um, she called and she asked. She told me that he had asked her to come for a weekend. And she, you know, wanted to – she was wondering, you know, what I thought. And so we talked, and I said, well, you know what, Andy, if you really want to go, that's a really big decision on your part. And do you understand, you know, what kind of decision you're going to be making if you go? And she said, yes, ma'am, I understand, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So I said, well, give me a couple of days to think on it. So I call her back, and I said, okay, if you really want to go, I'm going to allow you to go. And so she says to me – oh, you must really trust, and she said, the person's name. And I said, no, it's not that I really trust him. I said, I know how I raised you, and I know that whatever transpires this weekend, you're not going to take it lightly. So however it went, she decided by the end of the weekend not to go. Well, you know,
2: that's a lost art itself. I mean, what you really did was empowered your daughter to make that
4: decision. Oh yeah, I had to give it I had to give her that responsibility to think for herself. But the one thing I told her, you are a gift. You can only open a gift once. So you have to decide if you're ready you know, mm-hmm. you are a gift. People tell your daughters this. <laughs> yeah. You are a gift. You only open a gift once. You're not gonna stuff it back in the box and give it to somebody else. So you only open it once, so she had to make that decision.
2: Rose, this has been such an incredible conversation, and I really um, I want to talk to you about the way you end the book, and I love what you say here. You end the book by talking about spirituality, and you say spirituality is not just for Sundays. And how important was uh, spiritual practice or spirituality in your home and raising your family?
4: You know, um I did the 700 Club, and when I was there and we talked about prayer and all of the things that raising these kids, I'm very honest that we did not go to church every Sunday. That was not our practice, but God was in our house every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And even though I now have a real problem when I see what passes for religion on TV and these ministers with the mega churches and the big bucks and the Rolls Royce and stuff. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with organized religion. I think that our spiritual walk is between us and God and we have to do that for ourselves. But for my children, it was very important and it still is important for them to know that there is a higher power that guides you know, that's over their life. If something goes wrong, you need that faith. You've got to have something to believe in. And one of the things about a strong spiritual belief is that it sustains you when all else fails. And that's I, what I wanted them to have. Uh,
2: you—that That is absolutely amazing that all your children really get that gift from you. Rose, What an honor it has been to have this conversation with you. Uh, Thank you so much for all that you're doing, and I love the book. I love everything in here, you know, from rock-style beans and French (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to to what you talk about, uh, you know, about the Weekend Woman. Thank you so much for joining us today. What is your personal message for all of us here?
4: You know, my thing is, I'm just, I always say, I'm just a mother. Um, when it comes to the alphabets behind your name, I see people with all of this stuff, and behind my name is M-O-M. I'm a mom. And my thing is, your children are the message you send into this world. And make it a good message. Make it a good message. And just, um, let's honor our children. Let's honor our children because we're not going to be here forever, and we've got to prepare them. We really have to love and prepare them. Well, you certainly have helped us
2: remember what that feels like, Rose. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Everybody, great conversation, incredible book, great stories. But the message in, in Rose's book is, again, a reminder that we could truly love our children We can truly raise successful children. We can truly build a family that begins with heart-to-heart connection. Mama Rocks Rules is the book 10 listens for raising a house full of successful children right here on the Dr. Pat Show. Remember, live life full out. We'll see you next time.